Hey friends, welcome back to The Journal Feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. We just want to keep you guys up on the literature, and to do that, we are willing to spoon-feed it to you. Now, let's take a quick look ahead at all the spoon-feeds from this week. First off, let's revisit the whole mask thing from Cochrane we talked about last week. Then, a little more data to dispel the myth about ketamine raising intracranial pressures. After that, from the third article, down goes the propofol dose as your pediatric patient's ages climb. Then, everyone loves answers. Viral panels can give answers. But, what's it really worth? And then finally, many subscribe to bougie-first intubations in adults, but let's talk about kids. If you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber, and so you will not be receiving the full Journal Feed podcast, only getting a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry, though, they're all great, but if you would like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, then you'll have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org. And remember, we don't ever want money to be a barrier to better patient care. And so if you're having any trouble affording a subscription, please just get in touch and we can help you out. Now, this is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were brought to you by Millie Kos, Seth Walsh-Blackmore, Vivian Lay, Christian Gerhalt, and Clay Smith. Okay, let's jump to the second article. Titled, Acute Effects of Ketamine on Intracranial Pressure in Children with Severe Traumatic Brain Injuries, out of the journal Critical Care Medicine. One of the few contraindications to ketamine has classically been an increased ICP. This initial fear, like many scares, originates from early, low-quality data. More recent studies have been accumulating that seem to show safety. That is, that ketamine does not contribute or worsen intracranial pressures. This study was a retrospective evaluation of 33 pediatric patients with severe TBIs that had intracranial pressure monitoring, which included the ability to measure cerebral perfusion pressures before and after any treatments that they received. 22 of these children were given ketamine for sedation or as a treatment for increased pressure crises. That is a pressure over 20 millimeters of mercury for more than five minutes. The remaining 11 patients didn't get any ketamine. In order to limit the amount of confounding measurements made after giving additional intracranial pressure-lowering medications were not included in the analysis. All patients were being mechanically ventilated throughout. What the authors found was that there was no evidence that ketamine increased intracranial pressures and may even be associated with a reduction in these pressures when given during a crisis, though it did not confer a survival benefit. These are hard studies because these are complex patients, receiving many other medications that could also have unknown effects and it's hard to account for all of them. That said, this adds to the evidence that there's still likely no need to fear ketamine if you suspect a high ICP, though high-quality prospective studies would certainly be appreciated. In a spoonful, in pediatric patients with severe TBIs who were treated with ketamine, there was no association with rises in intracranial pressures. And then we skip over to the final article. Titled, The Pediatric Bougie for the First Tracheal Intubation Attempt in Critically Ill Children out of the Annals of Emergency Medicine. Alright, so there's actually been quite a bit of recent data to argue against, you know, the bougie trials in adults. But there's still reason to believe that bougie first as an approach may improve first pass success. We don't know nearly as well for pediatrics, but of course there is some potential. 
Sadly, this won't be the study that makes or breaks the practice. This is just a retrospective review, but it's still, you know, it's still nice to know. This study included nearly 200 patients less than 18 years old from an academic emergency department where it is commonplace to use a bougie for the first attempt. That point is actually very important because if you're not used to using a bougie, then I mean, it's not a magic wand. It's not going to help you if you don't know how to use it. But if you have some practice, then it might be the best way to do things. Most of the intubations were done by PGY3 emergency medicine residents, and the primary outcome was first-pass success. This, in this case, was defined as confirming the ET2 placement in the trachea with only one laryngoscope insertion. Now, comparing the use of the bougie against a tube with a stylet, they found no significant difference. And numerically, the stylet group was 6% higher at 78% first-pass success. Being retrospective, we're always worried about confounding, and in this case, of course, it's no different. The bougie patients tended to have more difficult airway characteristics and were older, five years compared to two years old in the stylet group. So these are really quite different children that are being intubated comparing the two groups here. Though numerically, the bougie group had fewer complications, perhaps again because the population was different, but who knows. All in all, no reason to change anything that you're doing from this study. Frankly, I think we should focus on having higher quality data and not just blindly doing all these retrospective reviews. My personal take is actually to mostly be a little bit skeptical of bougies if I'm going to be totally honest. It adds a step to your intubations and more steps means more opportunities for failure. And I mean, if you're using a stylet, then you can shape it however you want anyways, so that sounds pretty good. I don't see the huge advantage to a bougie, unless of course you're doing a completely blind intubation, in which case that's a different story, but that's a very small minority of airways. In a spoonful, this is low quality data that does not show a difference between using a bougie or an endotracheal tube with a stylet for first pass success in pediatric patients. Okay, that's it. That's all we've got. So what did we learn today? First off, we revisit the Cochrane Review on masking. Unfortunately, masks just aren't the greatest thing ever. Second, just one more reason to use ketamine. This study adds to the data that perhaps ketamine is not increasing intracranial pressures. And then finally, from the last article, a retrospective study again here shows no effect for the use of bougie for first-pass success in pediatrics though there were significant differences between the two groups. And that's it. That's all. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a little bit of a, you know, a bite-sized nugget of space repetition, as I like to call it. Now, if you feel like you're missing out, you feel like, hey, I'd like to hear more podcasts, I'd like to get the newsletter, well, then you can come and join us at the members feed. Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and hopefully save lives, one spoonful at a time.